<laughs> System setting. Oh man, what's happening? Oh my gosh. Well, oh my gosh, it's August. Let's pod this cast to where a yacht is or not, kid. Ritual coins here, but it's ephemeral. Not long enough, so eat your vegetables and edibles that are also healthy. Drop some fun off the top, you can help me if you got uh, telepathic powers. And if you know your alphabet, it matters. <laughs> what? When your brain's scattered, use focus. When you're a magician, use pocus and hocus. Love to joke, you know this. It's word burger. Go where the flow is. Own this. But you can have it for free. Plus infinite refills. I'm happy to see everybody here up in the place. Even though I can't actually see your face I can imagine you listening in with your ears Sitting around wondering Is he saying it clear? Is the next word gonna come straight from his brain? Or is it gonna come from someplace That I can't explain? I'm not sure also But I do that And I haven't played the alto saxophone Which um you all know I used to Maybe you did But now you know too What? I said a couple words twice there But that's okay I would say it's quite fair For a freestyle straight up off my dome because i'm kicking my podcast from my home oh my goodness oh boy i hope you're ready because ritual coins here and his name's not teddy but shout out to my friend teddy who i also know that's truth um although i said alto but not aldo that's a shoe store they're not my sponsor so don't go there anymore <laughs> i mean go there if you want to why am i on that topic because i'm going wherever i want to it's how i rock it we keep it off the top kid just having fun on the weekend and yes the freestyle portion is done all right if that was okay something like that my initials are sj you can call me Werbergi. and this is a weekend at my place welcome to my podcast i'm very excited to have Rich O'Coin in the place here today. I'm very excited to have all of you here today. And hey, surprise, it's another podcast. Just when you were wondering, is Bergie going to put out another podcast? Well, we here it is. I, yeah, no excuses. It's just, it's here. It's ma- It will magically appear when you least expect it. And that's how we're going to keep doing them. They are exclusive, fun, and uh, completely <laughs> unpredictably sporadic. We've got, uh, this is 26, 26 of these wild episodes. Go listen to them if this is your first time joining us. If this is only like your fourth time joining us, get, make sure you listen to them all because everyone is a special, wonderful, unique baby that you want to see grow up by listening to it for the entirety. What? <laughs> Whoa, shout out Beat Mason on this crazy beat. Hey, we just dropped the NARC video, so thank you to everyone who helped support us and make that happen. Uh, And the amazing Clay Graham, who created this awesome t-shirt design. People bought the t-shirts. We got enough money to make this video. Rosemary Brennan knocked it out of the park. It's on YouTube now. Please go check it out. We worked really hard, and I, I like it. And it's got some fun little Easter eggs in there, too, like Sister Sarah's. How many? Raise your hands. Anybody remember Sister Sarah's? No? (laughs) Sister Sarah's, let me just put it this way. If you were looking for two-person underwear on Quimple Road in Halifax, uh, that's where you went. (laughs) It's real. I got to do a quick shout-out. It's been crazy. Toronto, everyone who's been coming out to the shows, supporting $5 Rap Show, the shows we're doing at Handlebar. Another one coming up August 3rd. 
Definitely want to check that out. Another big show coming up in Toronto, September 2nd. That's Fan Expo Weekend. I'll tell you about that in a second. Uh, but definitely shouting out Edmonton. I was I was there. I played at Arcadia Bar. Played at Macbeth Comics for Free Comic Book Day. Colby and Aaron, you guys showed me such an amazing time. Definitely go check out Macbeth Comics if you are anywhere close to Edmonton. They're an amazing, they've got an amazing shop. They've got a stage downstairs. We had a great concert there, played with a bunch of great acts. Shout out to Patrick and Megan. You guys gave us so so much support, and they just got married. So congratulations, Megan and Patrick. Looked like an amazing wedding. Edmonton, I saw Clayton, Dan, Craig, Dave, Kieran, so many people there. It was it's amazing. So I'm hoping I'm going to get back there sooner than later, looking like possibly in September. So stay tuned to all the various Berg signals that we're putting out there. And I will not keep it a secret as soon as I confirm that I'm coming there. <laughs> All right. Uh, Nova Scotia I was in Kings, Nova Scotia. The Camp Jock Collective put on Apples and Cider 2, and they threw this amazing concert party rave from the, the middle of the day, Saturday, to the middle of the morning, Sunday. It basically was on a farm. They built this incredible stage and sound system on their property just outside of Wolfville, Kings, Nova Scotia. And I will not soon or ever forget that evening. So shout out to Al and everybody at Camp Ja. Then Seattle. I was in Seattle for the first time ever. What an amazing city. Myself and Mili Sashimi took a trip to Seattle. We went to a Jays game at Safeco. Incredible baseball stadium. And if you don't know, the Blue Jays play in Seattle like once a year. So all the Canadian fans on the west coast of Canada all flock down to Seattle by the hundreds, by the thousands. Like if there, The stadium was sold out and it was easily 80% Jays fans in Seattle. And all weekend, everywhere where we turned, we saw people in Toronto jerseys and hats. And everyone in Seattle was super welcoming to Canadians and, and Jays fans. And it's just a, it's a great city to visit, great place to see a ball game. And the Jays won, It was uh, which was a rare thing this season. So that was particularly special. And on top of all that, I got to do a show while I was there at Subspace with Kirby Crackle, and that was an amazing night. Big up to Brad, who got us there, and we would never have found the place without you, Brad. So thank you if you're listening. And Aaron and everyone else I met in Seattle, thank you for showing us an awesome time. If you're going to Seattle, check out the Museum of Pop Culture. They have... Exhibits on Star Trek, tons of science fiction stuff, horror movies, fantasy films, books. I saw the first ever Dungeons and Dragons manual. That was kind of (laughs) cool. They've got like Jimi Hendrix clothes and guitars there. But then I'm like looking at the first ever Dungeons and Dragons manual. And that was pretty sweet. Drank a lot of coffee, went to Pike Place Market every day. So got to get back to Seattle. Note to self. So can we talk movies for just a second? I, like, I know last episode I went through that crazy list of all the 2017 films because it's an exciting year for films, for buffs and lovers of the, of the screened picture. <laughs> okay, I still haven't seen Wonder Woman, but I'll give you my quick top three so far going through. Cause, okay, I got to say my top three right now, I think, of the year. 
Number three, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Loved it. Some amazing, nerdity, full-out characters I never imagined I'd see on the big screen. Ego the Living Planet is in a, a movie? The Charlie 27, despite a little different, the original quote unquote Guardians of the Galaxy do make an appearance in the film. And okay, I'll be honest, Stallone is Starhawk, not fully buying it, but I'll, I'll take it. I'll write, considering I never thought I would see it. Martinex, Martinex, however you like to pronounce his name. I, I'm a huge fan of that, that era of Guardians of the Galaxy from the original appearances from Marvel Premiere and Avengers into the 90s series by Jim Valentino. Just a lot of fun. And then the team, of course, got revamped when they put them in the present day Marvel Universe. But I, I'm still more partial to Vance Astro and Yondu, like original Yondu, not this. Merle, tough guy, Yondu, Ravager guy. But nevertheless, my fanboy Marvel bone was tickled. That doesn't sound good. But you know what I'm saying. I was it, the the scratch was itched is what I'm trying to is what I'm trying to say. The appetite was fed, okay? The thirst was quenched. <laughs> Do you want me to keep going? The the haircut was was good. What? You gotta Okay, I'll stop there. Guardians Guardians of the Galaxy 2, loved it. Kurt Russell, great to see. It's a great film. I saw it twice. Awesome. Number two movie of the summer, year 2017 that I've seen in terms of this whole spectrum of insane films. I I gotta go with War for the Planet of the Apes. The apes, the evolution of ape films. There has never been an artificial ape seen on screen as good as this ape like uh, the apes in this the gorillas it they i don't know where the computer animation ends and the apes begin are there people in costumes it, it was absolutely an achievement in computer graphics and effects and styling and just it was just beautiful to look at crazy guys the apes these apes movies are a modern ape masterpiece for our times it's just, there's some sad moments and it's some some smart stuff. There's one moment that kind of throws me off a bit because uh, I think that's one point. Some the, the apes get away too easily at one point, and I was like, eh, they could have worked a bit harder for that. But other than that, great film. But that's why it's not my number one. Number one movie so far of 2017 to beat because I've seen there's been Lego Batman, there's been Logan, there's been Alien Covenant, there's been Guardians of the Galaxy, War for the Planet of the Apes, and, of course, Amazing Spider-Man Homecoming. Wow. Gotta give it to Spider-Man Homecoming. It uh, Michael Keaton, kind of front-runner for best Marvel superhero movie villain of ever. He, again, I don't want to spoil this. Just go see Spider-Man Homecoming. It just had all the right elements that make a great Spider-Man story. I'm a lifelong Spider-Man fan. It was always my favorite superhero growing up. I loved Peter Parker, loved all the his, the villains, the, his constant struggles between his uh, life, his, his alter ego life and his superhero life. And it captured all that those perfect moments of Peter getting stuck, having to deal with friends versus his life as Spider-Man, family, all the challenges, and how those lives uh, intersect and cross, plus this new element where where Tony Stark is like a mentor for him. I think it's working really well, and they, uh, this take on Spidey, I think, fits perfectly within this new Marvel universe we're living in uh, for the films. 
because clearly they've had to make some changes. The Avengers are already established. So it, and it's not that different from the original Amazing Spider-Man comics where when, he, when Spidey first started, his goal... Spidey wanted to join the Fantastic Four, like right off, right, right out the gate. And in this universe, he's more sort of looking up to the Avengers and wants to join them. And there's uh, there's some really fun parallels. Michael Keaton again, incredible as the Vulture, looked super cool. The design, props to everyone who designed that costume. There, there's some influence, I think, from the Ultimate uh, Marvel comics. Um, some great villain cameos. That I, I won't spoil here, but <clears throat> Sinister Six looks like could be happening. So Amazing Spider-Man, great. Movie year is is awesome. Valerian, I haven't heard good stuff about. Has anybody seen it? Can anybody let me know? What should I do that? Wonder Woman, I gotta see. Still haven't seen that. Looking forward to it. Still got Blade Runner coming. Still got Justice League coming, maybe. I don't know. I just, I keep hearing rumors that it keeps getting delayed and all these setbacks but who knows and of course star wars so a lot of big new movies coming out so i will have to get all my work done and reward myself by going back to the theater again and shout out to mili sashimi who's been a real trooper and and checking out a lot of these films with me p.s if you haven't heard the star wars episode we did i think it's episode 19 go listen to that because mili and i are definitely gonna do a prequel Star Wars. It's happening. I've said I, we weren't going to do it. We're going to do it. So that's happening. So you can look forward to that in the podcast future. All right. Now we got to get into these awesome events coming up. And then we're going to get into this awesome hangout with Rich. August 11th, Halifax, Gus's Pub. It's a Friday night. And what else is it? Well, it's the decaf kickoff party. That's right. We're kicking off decaf with a party. It's going to be amazing. I'm going to be there. Coins is going to be there. Breaks Breen, Videl Gabriel, The Bad Nintendos, Commissar, Special Guests. Advanced tickets are only 5 bucks. Go to Strange Adventures in Halifax or Dartmouth, get an advanced ticket, or pay 7 bucks at the door. And either way, it's going to be an amazing deal. Plus, I'm so hypey right now, but plus, <laughs> I'm getting to it. It's the release for my new 7-inch for NARC with Yoboseo on the B-side put out by Black Buffalo Records. Limited edition vinyl. So psyched to drop this. If you can't be there, you can order it from blackbuffalorecords.ca. I recommend ordering it soon. They put out the Channel Halifax 7-inch, and this is another one that's going to be limited edition. So if you like vinyl, this is a really nice piece. Mike Holmes, old pal. An incredible artist. He drew the artwork on it. It looks amazing. But this show, it's the decaf kickoff show. And it's the party that's going to kick off the Dartmouth Comics Arts Festival weekend. Which, if you don't know about it, I've talked about it before on here. It's an incredible arts festival for comics fans, comics friends, comics family, comic creators, comic lovers, comics uh, sometimers, and uh, comics uh, alwaysers. What? <laughs> Basically, if you love comics in any shape or form, you got to come here. It's free. It's on Sunday, August 13th at Alderney Landing in Dartmouth. You can take the ferry across if you're in Halifax. It's always an amazing day. I'll be there set up. And we're launching the last Paper Route Issue 3, the third chapter of our continuing saga of paper-delivering adventures 
So excited to get this issue out. If you don't know, this is the comic I make with Dave Hallett and Alex Kennedy. It's about a paper route with a vast and varied history and mystery and lots of cool, interesting characters set in Harbor City in the 90s. And this issue, uh, I don't want to give too much away, but we expand a little outside of the 90s in this issue. And I, I think you'll see... This is a monumental issue, as they say in the comic world. What would you say? This is a pivotal turning point. If you haven't read the first two issues, you can still grab them. We'll have them there. If you don't have any of the comics, we're going to be offering a bundle, the first three issues for 10 bucks. So if you want one, just shoot me an email, wordberg at gmail.com or weekendatbergies at gmail.com. And just 10 bucks plus shipping to wherever you are, we'll send you all three. So that is Decaf Weekend. Really hope to see all my awesome friends and fam in Halley that weekend. It's going to be a great, great fun reunion and party and kickoff event. Toronto, September 2nd. This is the other big show coming up. If you're going to Fan Expo, even if you're not going to Fan Expo... I'm playing the show right across the street from Fan Expo on Saturday, September 2nd. The new venue, the Rec Room, it's this really cool place. They've got a huge stage, video games, food. They've got bevies. They've got everything you want. And it's on Saturday, September 2nd. Myself, more or less, Coins, and the Cybertronic Spree are going to rock at the Rec Room on Bremner, 255 Bremner Boulevard in Toronto. So Saturday, September 2nd. It's going to be my first time playing at the Rec Room. The It's a recently opened venue, and I've heard nothing but awesome stuff about it. So I'm really looking forward to that show. And I'm actually an official guest of Fan Expo. So that's really exciting. If you go on the website, they've got a picture up, up there, old Bergy. And I'm kind of excited. So if you're at Fan Expo that weekend, I will definitely be happy to see you and give you some high fives and debate how invincible the comic book is going to end. Because that's coming to an end. I know. I'm very sad, too. But at least we'll have 144 issues of that comic to read. So, all right. Is that, I think that's all the, the hoopla that I know have been going for a while. We got to get into this awesome interview. Stick around at the end. I'm going to play one of Rich's jams and definitely check him out if you get the chance to see him live. He is absolutely an incredible performer. He's a wonderful human. Rich O'Coin here at Weekend at Bergie's. until they actually play it like you're like oh um it's like risk have you ever played risk you're like oh cool yeah you're like conquering the the world with your friends it's like yeah so it's like that and they're like oh and you like you like build up big armies and stuff and like move the pieces around it's like well you, you flip over a card and then you just say you got the biggest army i'm like oh okay but then you like fighting with each other to like take over katan it's like well you're just kind of trading or for wood and brick and sheep <laughs> and trust me it's fun <laughs> i swear it's fun it's like, you've well, never had this much fun trading ore for wood yeah <laughs> it's like is there some fighting as well a robber comes around every once in a while what does he do it's like he takes your sheep yeah you get some bricks you need some bricks what, what do you need 
Catan's blown up. It's, it it's wild. It used to be a thing that people didn't say they played. Yeah. But now it's like, it seems very much like, oh, yeah, we're having a bunch of people over Saturday night. Let's play some Catan. And yeah. it's like an acceptable yeah. I thing. Think, I think Catan's the pot of the board game world. <laughs> it's like the gateway board game to the world beyond the, like, Board games you grew up with. Yeah, I always, you know what? I always liked stuff like Balderdash. Like, oh like yeah, yeah, yeah. Word the yeah. Scrabble. Like my I loved it. favorite board game growing up was uh, Fireball Island. Did you ever play that game? Oh man, was there? It was like a marble there that would a roll down a hill. Yeah. That rolled out of the mouth of this like. <laughs> yeah, it was Creature. like a volcano yeah. head with a monster face. Yeah. It looked like one of those like ghouls and ghosts kind of yeah. monster Oh, yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, totally. And the, it was such an interesting game because it had the like actual like tactile. It was like a, a very, um, like a, a real version of Snakes and Ladders, basically. Uh, <laughs> but uh, still fake. <laughs> yeah, it was sorry. But I mean, but like, still like, a game. like that you're actually like moving pieces right, rather like, than like, uh, than like just seeing the ladders and snakes on a. Two dimensional, like a three right. dimensional, but it was still make believe, Rich. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I went to I went to Fireball. I went, no, my my I brother was there like nineteen times. <laughs> my brother and I, we wanted the game so much that it was the only thing. It's my only memory that I have of us ever doing something like this, where we made the game out of Lego before we got it for Christmas one year. That's amazing. Uh, like we saw the we saw it in um in a store. Uh my my brother is eight years older than me, so it was like there was only this small bit of window. Of but that's cool that you would that, like that, I could see that Lego and board games yeah, are sort of yeah. two unifying yeah. things that <laughs> yeah. are they're kind of almost age defying. That's also a testament to like having the imagination of being a kid and yeah, like, yeah. like you want something yeah. you do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now do you have a working copy of that game now? Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> That's in a, Lego too. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting with Lego. My my nephew is totally like like I thought the Lego movie was a brilliant movie, and uh, and it's it was so it caught you so off guard too because I remember I think a lot of people had that experience of when they saw the title of the movie being like oh this is just a a money it's grab just an ad. And, yeah, yeah and an like an toys, ad for yeah. Lego and the toys and. Um, it was yeah. a feel-good movie, right? Totally. And I can see, what I was going to say, I can see you liking it because, you know, mm. you're a feel-good, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I hear your music and I feel good. Something in the water in Nova Scotia, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, we were just talking before, geeking out about stuff, so I know just like Lego and like Star Wars mm. you're really into. Oh, yeah, well. yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, Star Wars, yeah, huge, huge Star Wars fan. Um, I, I was born in 83, so like I kind of was at a, a real good time for getting into it uh and but being younger than uh my like older brother's age uh where um they had to like buy all the toys at actual shops whereas i just spent a lot of sundays as a kid uh at flea markets buying like uh you know the millennium falcon for like 10 bucks sort of thing so so there like there was the, like I, I got such a big uh, Star Wars toy collection out of just uh, just rummaging through lo- lots of uh, kind of un- unwanted uh, uh, toys of people like going off to college and stuff when I was still you know nine ten years old. It was that weird pocket in time mm-hmm. before the internet, before people knew that this stuff could 
people were, would pay tons yeah. for it. And I, I mean, I got most of my like GI Joe collection later in life, like in high school, for the same thing. When I right. go to yard sales or I'd hear of some kid having a garbage bag of G.I. Joe's. I'm like, I don't yeah. want him to give me 20 bucks. Yeah, Sweet. yeah. Sweet. <laughs> you know, like, those were the, yeah, the, yeah. Golden, yeah. the golden years of that. Like, it, yeah, because as soon as eBay, like, became almost like, a, you know, just part of the lexicon and in, 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 in people understanding that, that um, you know, anything they want to get rid of, they might as well check online to see, like, what they're getting rid of first. Yeah. Do you have a favorite figure or, or toy from Star Wars? Uh... I think the figure that I was most excited about was getting the the Luke Skywalker in the Stormtrooper costume from oh, A New Hope. Yeah, uh, with yeah. With the like the removable helmet um, from I, the original series, like eighties. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, like I like all, you're all, like not yeah. not doing that Power of the Force. No, <laughs> no. I mean, I was still young enough that the Power of the Force came out when I was grade yeah. six, grade seven. Yeah, I was like right on the verge of. It not being socially acceptable for me to play with toys. <laughs> I actually uh, like need to say also how <laughs> they uh, uh, that it might have like helped me get into music because uh, <laughs> I like I was young for my grade and I so I, w- I went on a date with this girl from my um, hockey team and uh, first date very very normal just went to see uh, Black Sheep. Starring Chris Farley, uh, some and, might call it a classic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, and then, but the second date, I was like, "Oh, what, which, what should we do?" And I was like, "Oh, I'll show her this sweet toy collection I have." Not realizing the repercussions of oh, no. such a <laughs> display of like, <laughs> "Isn't this cool?" And her being like, "Like, just like, yeah." And, I'm like, <laughs> and then we've all had that. Happen. And then and then her telling like. Uh, every person in a like three school radius, uh, how uncool I was. Uh, so I, I'm I'm not like embarrassed about it now, no. but it's it was crazy how instantly like if I was like a stock stock like real real dropped real dropped for <laughs> <laughs> for uh, for grade seven rich, and then I just really at that point I think I I got really into. Um, recording and like playing music and and start playing the bass with two friends that play guitar and drums who needed a bass player wow and does that girl know that uh um yeah i think i think i've (laughs) joked about it with her since like we've we've lightly kept in touch over the years i mean it's just it's such an interesting age like junior high is like just so um it's the worst and the best yeah well it's it uh, i just uh, if i could instill any sort of like if i was ever to like you know talk to some junior high school students i'd be like just don't worry about any of this period yeah. <laughs> like you feel like it's such a big deal like everyone really like feels self-conscious about you know the decisions and things they're into and and uh that kind of social pressure can really like weigh heavy on you in those years yeah um, For sure. Well, and it's funny. I kept collecting toys all mm. through. Like, I GI Joe ran continuously for like fourteen years. Yeah. So yeah. from me collecting it like throughout like mid to late eighties into the early nineties or whatever, there was really wasn't a break. Mm. So I would still be. I was like you. It was like junior high. It's like oh, like I what? There's new GI Joes out. People would yeah. think I was crazy. I'm like I just have to go to like Eaton's at Halifax Shopping Center. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, and there was like a toy store on the uh, and I was like I think. Like, G.I. Joe's normally come out around this time because you didn't know when the stuff came out. Yeah, yeah. And then I would be the oldest kid there. I'm like, 
oh man, this is like a new Storm Shadow I've yeah. never seen before. Who's this crazy dude with the goatee? And then to me, I didn't even think that I would. I still like the stuff. Yeah, they were still making new ones. Yeah, so I thought this is completely normal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I cool. I love. It's interesting yeah. too. Like when you talked about the power of the force too, because like like I see like the new Star Star Wars out, and I'm like, oh, they finally got a lot of these things right that were like. You know, I really like the 80s ones, but aside from that <laughs> brief period where they're like, let's make everyone real jacked. Yeah, they were jacked up. Kind of, they went superhero style. And they went superhero style, work, which like, was weird. Vader with the big muscles. Yeah. It's like, no. Yeah. No but then after they like got past that, they like, I think they've made a lot of really cool um, Star Wars toys like in the last 10 years. Everyone, they made the figure for the guy, the ice cream. You, oh, yeah. That, like in Empire, the guy carrying that machine, the round <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah, and yeah. they just called him Ice Cream Man because he looks like <laughs> yeah. he's carrying a little ice yeah. cream thing. Well, if you know people listening, if you know who I'm talking about in Empire, there's like this, he's got a mustache and I think he's got a bit of a gut going, <laughs> a bit of a paunch. He's a little paunchy guy and he's, he's running when there's like the big. What thing. was that? Did you see the, um, that I watched that Kenner documentary on a plane? No, um, I haven't seen that. Um, what was it called? Uh, anyway, uh, there's a great documentary that kind of like is the story behind making toys based on early kind of dills and stuff, I think. And and they didn't know exactly how... Who would be the most popular. Yeah, and like and so they were making like... They were making... Covering all their bases, I think, essentially. Mm-hmm. And then... And so then... Uh, I, I'm not sure if the the toy uh artists uh, and designers realized you know like when they made hammerhead that they're like what he's only in the movie for <laughs> half like half a second i believe his real name is momon nadon <laughs> well done sir you are in a nerdy place my friend <laughs> we've got rich o'coin here guys by the way we didn't even do an intro this is great oh yeah just we're like let's right just get it. right yeah this is rich we're just <laughs> let's just start just talking about, talking about uh, fireball island and yeah. star wars figures it's par for the course around yeah. here. I'm, thanks for coming by on the weekend. I know it's busy. You've had a kind of yeah. a, a fun weekend. You were at the Honest Ed's yeah. uh, closing party. Mm-hmm. It was pretty cool. I I wish uh, there were more um, kind of uh, sensory overload spectacle parties like that. Uh, like, I, I love... <laughs> That's a yeah. apt description. <laughs> yeah, I love... I mean, there were people, oh, like, walking around on uh, on stilts. There was, like, lots of psychedelic lighting and music coming from every direction uh laser harps uh they're laser uh, just uh like a light triggered um uh like a it had a bunch of lasers and uh and so every time uh rather than strings like when you like kind of moved your hand over the laser you uh played the 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 string so are you gonna get one for your next show uh they uh (laughs) it was it was cool uh it uh it, I I yeah I, it would be it would be rad to have something like that, but I feel like it'd be very hard to play uh, under the pressure of like the ed, like fast fast <laughs> faced in the Can show. Can you play a harp? Have you ever tried playing? Oh uh, yeah, I don't know, I don't know about harp. I have I have not tried before. I, I met it. It looks looks pretty uh, difficult, you but gotta, well, you know, you've you've got a bit of reach, so yeah. you could probably yeah the guess, reach uh, the reach is good. The reach would yeah. help. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> The, I can do the probably the glissandro thing. Yeah. Okay, because yeah. no, you play a lot of instruments, right? I do. Yeah, mostly like keyboard and like keyboard instruments. So that definitely on each record, I've played a lot of like analog synths and yeah. stuff. 
and uh and then that kind of also crossed over to playing um mallet instruments like the vibraphone and marimba and xylophone and stuff and glockenspiel and and then uh, i i've been playing drum set uh since i was a kid and bass and trumpet played a serious recorder uh <laughs> probably also led to my <laughs> Uh, unpopularity during junior high. The recorder, like, no, I'm trying like, to audition for the <laughs> the cantina band. <laughs> I feel like elementary schools in Halifax, they were like, everyone take recorder class. Oh, I think I think every I think it was pretty standard across Canada because yeah. uh, it's it's a great like, intro instrument. Yeah, in- intro an um, instrument. <laughs> it's a great like intro uh, wind instrument because yeah. uh, the the fingering you know transfers over to like uh, your reed instruments like saxophone and clarinet mm-hmm. and then I liked it. <laughs> I think I think I liked it. Uh, but it you was, didn't make the recorder the main. Yeah, focus. I didn't make the recorder the main thing. Is uh, anyone like? Is there like a pro recorder? Like I, you don't meet too many. They kind of yeah they, graduate to like an oboe or something. Yeah, or, I think I think the my my sister was real serious. She uh, third year university fourth. Oh, year that's university. pretty high up. Cause yeah, I, would, I mean not not to diss any recorder oh, yeah, players yeah. out there listening. But I feel like it's got a bit of a shelf life. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. Oh like, well, af- you gotta you gotta move on from the soprano okay. very very fast because the soprano you could only listen to <laughs> like its actual tone, a very not a, not a like super pleasing uh, tone. Uh, but the alto is quite nice. And then like um, now there can't be that many of those around. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I I think I think when you again get into, I guess I'm when ignorant you, to the recorder. No, yeah, when you get into scene. the 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 pro recorder scene i bet it's mostly to play music around the broke period i feel uh, it'd be big like at fantasy fairs maybe yeah that might that might be i'm i'm yeah i'm not like, uh, i'm not sure about my fantasy fair uh <laughs> tour circuit you could do but, some mean like middle earth jams yeah, i think i did see a poster for a recorder recital that i took a photo of uh in while in amsterdam and sent that to my sister uh, Sweet. Uh, yeah. well, shout out to your sister. I'm not. We're not dissing recorders. <laughs> yeah. I just you yeah. don't you don't bump into them that often. No, you don't. You know we're in the music. We're in the scene. We're going yeah. out to clubs. Nope. I'm yeah. seeing bands all the time. Rarely see a recorder. In I fact, think, I don't I think know if I've ever seen. Yeah, one in I think a bar. they're a very uh, hard thing to amplify too. True. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Uh, so yeah. So all those, and then and then I was like singing too, and uh, like playing, and the school band would be. I would just be jumping from section to section in like uh, rock bands and stuff with friends. Yeah. What was your first band? My first band outside of band class. Yeah, it was. I don't think we we had any sort of name, but with Pierce Rogers and Paul Ketty, uh, they played. They were the ones that I was referring to earlier. They yeah. played guitar and drums. It was it was pretty cool because they just they were just jamming all the time and they were amazing. And I was like, oh, these guys are cool. I want to hang out with them. They're like, cool, learn the bass. Because <laughs> we just <laughs> play music all the time. And they were and like... we don't need a recorder. <laughs> yeah, and we don't need a recorder. <laughs> so yeah, so I started... It was funny because I was trying to like catch up, but there was no way I was ever going to catch up. So I was just like... I was just trying to be as functional as I could be on sure, the bass sure. while, <laughs> while they did uh, some very impressive like virtuoso sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And they're still playing. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Paul uh, plays in like Verbal Warning. Yep. And uh, yeah, uh, is just one of the best drummers. Uh, and 
Pierce got really into recording and like has a recording studio back home as well. Yeah, you've got because music's in your family. So yeah, I, I mean, I know your brother Paul mm-hmm. and and your sister does record. Yeah, recorder yeah. pro and yeah, uh, obviously. Oh yeah, all three of us got to. I, I think I think the big thing yeah is just ha- is like having um, uh, school programs for for uh, uh, kids to get into music and and do do it as like an after school program and stuff I think yeah. is is really integral for uh, it's so and, important right like because mm-hmm. the stuff I was most interested in high school was yeah music mm-hmm. sports mm-hmm. and art yeah and the way our the structure was you could only have two electives yeah so i had to drop because i played band i was yeah. in, i played saxophone yeah i played violin early on i played some piano mm-hmm. and and i loved playing saxophone but you mm-hmm. know i wasn't sort of going, going to be pursuing saxophone in any major way yeah. and then yeah i mean i played sports and i wanted to go to gym class and i was on played on the teams and stuff and then uh, I wanted to take art, and we had to yeah. take art at QEH because yeah. St. Pat's didn't have the uh, the, the art facilities. facilities. Yeah. So I basically had to choose. I chose art over yeah, band, which sucked. And I I'm, tried. I remember like arguing. I was like, yeah. I would rather do all of these than go to math yeah. or like social studies or I, whatever. Uh, it was just the most frustrating thing and yeah know, began to influence my uh decisions that maybe you know these people don't know the best thing for me but <laughs> i th- i i'm definitely not a fan of of how much at an early age things start getting pulled away from make, you yeah and you make have to decisions. make this choice i like, like i wanted to do all the arts so like i didn't get to really have any i i, I never did any drama classes or anything uh even though i was like super interested in it and so it's just so so weird to like make a you know thirteen fourteen year old be like all right done with that thing for my life yeah because <laughs> like, you don't think about it right you yeah. are at that age where you're like well I guess yeah just yeah. like you said well I guess I'm not doing that now did you you watch the Wonder Years growing up yeah right? sure of I I love the Wonder Years and my favorite Wonder Years episode it's such a beautiful episode it it's the one where Kevin gives up playing piano. And he's talking about like when you're a kid, you're like a jack of all trades, and and then life is just a series of giving things up. And it's just like, whoa, that's a <laughs> that's heavy. <laughs> that's wow, heavy that's amazing. You remember episode. that yeah. that quote, but that's that's true. So I, I actively try and combat that with the rest <laughs> of my with the rest of my life. When you incorporate so much too, like into your music, I mean, there's mm-hmm. a lot of different themes, and like I'm sure, like I think you can see a lot of your passions come out and stuff. Mm-hmm. I know you're big into Indiana Jones fan. Yeah. Yeah, those uh, those movies were amazing growing up, and I was gonna say I actually uh, when Harrison Ford came to uh, Halifax uh, for K nineteen, like when I heard this was happening, I was super excited and I was like, "All right, my number one goal right now is to be in a movie with <laughs> Harrison Ford." And I was like, "I don't know how, what the steps I need to do." So I like went down to um the local casting agency uh Cassidy Group and uh I was like I I want to get like into this this movie how do I do this and they're like actually we need a lot of people your age uh to be like in the sub cuz the movie's about like a russian um nuclear sub K19 uh, a K-19. forgotten yeah. classic <laughs> <laughs> so is that, it's a Russian sub in it's Nova a, Scotia. It's a flawed movie, but it does have a lot. Like, I mean, um, but you were in it, so yeah. Let's. No, no, no. So, uh, oh no! Spoiler okay, alert. jumping ahead. Oh sh- yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I uh, so so I get down there and 
the first like going down they're like like super kind of not saying like you got this but they're like you got this and so then <laughs> i the come i come that. back to school and i'm like telling friends over like excitedly oh, no. which you shouldn't do before anything oh, no. is like set no. in stone a bunch of friends then are like we should do this uh, hearing that uh one of the benefits i guess to them of being in this movie is that they get an excuse to skip school of course <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't like sure that's fine, but that was not you know my intention. So these these I want to meet Indiana they, Jones. Yeah, these people were just going to like were like oh I can do this thing, make some money, and not have to go to, uh, to class, uh, and it's legit. And they're like cool, sign me up. So they all followed my exact same path and did and went down just like I did, and. I they they come to school. They're all excited. And they're like, "Yeah, we all got it." And and I was like, "Sweet, we all got it. This is great." And so, like six or seven, or maybe like like ten people got extra work on the movie. And then uh, they came back to me and they're like, "Oh, sorry, uh, Harrison Ford's actually five seven, five nine. They're like, and I was six. Uh, two and they're like you're too tall and we're doing the casting for an extra but it's someone who's like uh, in the in the shot not like, an extra large we need an extra small <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> like the, oh, uh, no. the so they're like foreground 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 extra actor i think they put you far um, enough in the background yeah so that you I'm, I'm like i'm like i will be <laughs> the furthest one back in the shot i don't need I could be sitting i don't need to be in <laughs> the the thing and yeah i'm like, I'm like trying to plead with them and they're like sorry you're oh, just no. you're just taller than Harrison Ford and it'll look weird if you're in the movie and I'm like I'm like I you I don't think you're here I will not stand anywhere near oh rich <laughs> no dude and okay. so Ugh. so they all got hired they all had like a wicked time <laughs> and when I finally saw the movie and I don't think I watched the movie for years because I was just so That's upset about it and when I did see it, I laughed so hard because all the guys that I got basically into the movie were all like right next to Harrison Ford, and they uh, none of them had any acting skills. So it's like no, no, not to throw any like shade on their on their <laughs> facial structure choices, but their expressions. Like I'm like this is hilarious <laughs> that like I'm gonna be in this movie. Well, with so in Ford. the end, you kind of you wound up getting your friends out of school for yeah, the day. Yeah. They probably got yeah. paid. Like yeah. just that alone, too tall for Harrison Ford. Too like, tall for Harrison Ford. Can you Ford. just name a song that? Or like that could be an <laughs> album. Too tall for Rich O'Coin. Too tall for Harrison Ford. You know that guy? Be, yeah. Be, be like a B-sides record. <laughs> it's a true story. Yeah. yeah you heard funny. you heard it here, gang. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. And uh, you know what is funny? You were talking about Fireball Island. I was kind of thinking when you were describing Fireball Island. Mm. Now, maybe I'm wrong, but it kind of looked like an Indiana Jones kind of It had the, the, like, Indiana Jones font kind of, like, wavy, like, kind of title. The adventurers looking very uh, Indiana Jones as they're trying to make their way up to get the uh, the jewel that's at the top. I I like to try and just think of... Only three Indiana Jones movies. Not a fan of Crystal Skull. Here, oh, I, oh no, oh, yeah. Here, okay, here we, go. here we go. I will defend the yeah. the chase through with the KGB through his university was such a fun scene in that like it it, it was a great thing to do in a like in a fourth sequel or it's like turning third school sequel. into um, cool. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and no, and and then it ended with the the best line of the movie, which was like the most classic. Indiana Jones 
line of the film where he's like, if you want to really learn about archaeology, you got to get out of the library. Like yeah. as he like rides a motorcycle into. <laughs> I'll give you that. That was that was great. So that scene was that scene was awesome. I I was I was on board with a, a lot of the kind of uh, booby trap sort of moments. I, I don't think Shia LaBeouf was needed as much as I think no. he was needed, like to like make indie appeal to the younger uh, audiences. Like I think they should have. Shia LaBeouf is never needed. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, he's an interesting actor, but uh, the uh, so diplomatic. Yeah, like, <laughs> you're like he's an interesting actor. I'm like he ruined my childhood. Indiana Jones, Transformers. Get this yeah, guy out of here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's not. I mean, he's not. He's just being. He's just good by for other, him. I would have taken other the people. Job. Other yeah. people are just putting him in these very weird roles power to him um but um but yeah the i would have been happy if the fourth one didn't even address the fact that indy has aged (laughs) and it just was still like 19 you know 45 yeah and like and it's just uh every like just kind of pick up where where uh uh, Last Crusade left off, but I was I was fine that it was like in the fifties. I I really even though it wasn't you know much of a of a scene like I did love that it started with that little molehill despite the I don't oh, I don't like this yeah. I don't like the CGI the CGI that's like the CGI animals yeah they, why CGI uh, a gopher I know when you can get a real gopher I know I, CGI I, a dinosaur you yeah. can't get a real dinosaur <laughs> but you did go you, you like they yeah, can't yeah. be that no, no, hard no. to get I, oh, was there I, like I'm fully where they're like look the guy we got a gopher guy we yeah. don't like working with him on set yeah. just don't yeah. just, just just make just him a, a really just a difficult CGI gopher. gopher handler and then the monkey combing his hair. Oh yeah, yeah. No, oh. I'm. That's the worst part of the movie. I'm but, sorry. But that's... the the uh, but the the Gopher Hill as the Paramount Hill reveal was a, a fun moment. Yeah, I um, actually have only seen it the one time in the. Theater. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. I, if the movie leaves a bad taste in my mouth, yeah. I don't go out of my way to yeah. watch it for it's, a long you time. Know, but now I'm kind of like, well, here, here's the other. Kay. These are the other like classic indie like whipping like the ceiling kind of like you know you know sliding around and stuff and um yeah like when he slides around. yeah i don't know i said slides (laughs) around uh but you know swinging around swinging around that's your favorite part of dan jones i like when he slides you know when he's you know when he's he's good at slip sliding yeah under the slide under booby traps he's down hills yeah he's good um do you know the it was the same guy in the the first two and uh and he, no, which guy are you, t- you talking about? The guy oh, was like the biplane. So the guy, the, the guy, the guy in the plane that gets um, chopped up. Spoiler chopped alert! Up, spoiler if you haven't seen Raiders, <laughs> if you haven't seen Raiders, if you're that and you're one person. <laughs> I I feel like there's like a Venn diagram that, <laughs> that it's like people that listen to this podcast <laughs> and people that haven't seen uh, Raiders. That just like there's no, no like there's just a zero like <laughs> zero people. Um, <laughs> going to get that one email. <laughs> I've never seen Raiders. Don't assume everyone's seen Raiders. <laughs> you spoiled it. I've been very busy. <laughs> um and uh so yeah, so it's uh, it's actually him uh, as the uh, as the guy in Temple as well that gets um, yeah. spoiler get the mustache <laughs> gets, right the yeah, ball guy yeah. yeah and then gets uh, s- squished in the uh, <laughs> the uh, whatever their kind of rock that's a weird one Temple of Doom yeah. is weird it's I, cool. I I've got a lot of things about Temple of Doom to this say is good. well but, hey man but we, the yeah definitely the worst moment is the fact that the monkeys help Shia LaBeouf because they look at his hair and they're like oh. 
we recognize a fellow <laughs> one of us with the cool hair thing we're gonna help you out and help you swing in a way that no one ever Who could catch up to motorcycles yeah there through was doing nothing. some t- <laughs> man exactly there's yeah. nothing that dumb yeah in the previous three movies yeah and you i know with star wars people are like yeah. well you know r2d2 and c3po were kind of for the kids like no they were never as bad as jar jar oh yeah yeah these monkeys yeah. or the jar jar <laughs> yeah. of indiana jones yeah. it was yeah oh. now do you know the trivia behind uh, Rich has like this amazing grin right now. He's like about <laughs> to drop a bomb. I'm very excited. It's it's cool, <laughs> especially yeah. I I was I I think yeah. I think I was excited the first time I read it. So I'm also a huge fan of uh, Back to the Future Classic and films. Before the DeLorean, the time travel uh, device was a refrigerator. I and did not know that. What happened was uh, they got nervous that the refrigerator uh, that kids were going to watch Back to the Future and then, you know, copycat it and then get stuck in a refrigerator ah. uh, and uh, that Safety. sort of thing. Yeah, so an early version of of Back to the Future had the third act. Somehow Marty goes from the dance to Area 51 and the only way to get back to the future is for him to get into a refrigerator when they're testing the atom bomb and then he gets blasted back to instead wow. of the whole lightning thing and stuff yeah i didn't know that yeah. so I, I like the lightning thing better yeah but that's, oh my god yeah i like so the way this but, is a tribute so to that? so then like a nod, oh, and a so nod then, of the old and, and so then spielberg was like oh we can do and so that's why what when, they still had the fridge like we we bought a fridge <laughs> bought back the in the fridge. 80s like, we got to use yeah. it i got expensive yeah and so and so and that's that's why it's like um yeah so um, i i think in one of the interviews for crystal skull i uh spielberg was like oh yeah we're like he's like we finally get to do this thing that i like w- really liked from the the first script which comes up to one of the weirdest moments in the indiana jones movie which is and it's such a minor thing but i think just it's just so weird is uh, seeing Indiana Jones in a white T-shirt after he after he survives the uh, refrigerator escape, then then they've got him like in that like uh, under underground kind of uh, interrog- interrogation room, and he's just like sitting there in a white T-shirt, and you're like, oh, I don't I feel like he wears like undershirts, and then and then like just collared shirts all the time <laughs> <laughs> no he only wears browns like yeah. he's just <laughs> um, earth tones yeah <laughs> you're the indiana jones expert oh i just i love i love movie trivia <laughs> yeah and crystal skull like on paper it, it sounded to me okay cool uh, yeah he, we've tackled sort of the spiritual mythology mm-hmm. let's go into alien mythology yeah yeah and so it kind of made sense that we would we would see that my biggest gripe was at the end he's with the russian agent right Mm -hmm. and then the alien starts speaking to them if i remember correctly because it has been a while yeah so the alien speaks to them i guess through their mind or whatever Mm -hmm. but it speaks to the russian person in english (laughs) 
If the alien is speaking point. in the mind, yeah. why is the Russian? Yeah. It's like, why do you speak Russian to me? Yeah. English to these guys. It's not I think so. that would have made the movie cooler, that too. That literally if, ruined like, it for me. If, if the alien was speaking in Russian and, and then you were like reading, uh, I was thinking after seeing um, uh, Rogue One that uh, like that Rage Vader scene, like that was very rewarding and um that was maybe the best moment in that yeah movie. and then I, and then i was just thinking there should be a full vader movie that immediately picks up where a new hope ends so you like the first bit of the movie is vader uh flying in his like now kind of uh malfunctioning tie fighter um and suddenly has to like survive against like rebels that are all nearby and uh and like get back to like the empire to like you know get get uh, rebuild and stuff and um and then you'd see like the development from a new hope vader to the like angriest vader we see in in empire and i think because that's a story that needs to be told. <laughs> yeah. And no, no. And we I don't think, quite get that he's bad yet. All right, guys. We no, no. Know what, but, but I think, really I think, uh, I think like, because the emperor would have been so pissed at him. Like when he's like, so what, uh, what's going on with the, the Death Star? He's like, well, here's the thing. <laughs> uh, that's all destroyed. And, and then, and then like. It's cool. We're going to make another one. <laughs> we're going to make. Trust, I got, some, make I got my one. best people yeah. working on it. Yeah. <laughs> Like, uh, like they, there's no possible way it could get blown up again. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but like, I like the idea of like Vader being not in the emperor's graces at that moment and that, that creating the like kind of motivation for why, aside from like absolute wanting absolute power to want to have the motivation to like kill the emperor himself because he's like kind of bullied by the emperor it's throughout like that any corporation after thing. a while you're like i could do it better than this guy you <laughs> yeah, know all right yeah. move over you know and then oh uh, yeah i was in the senate yeah <laughs> <laughs> didn't you see those awful movies before this one? <laughs> oh man uh, yeah. yeah i mean though that's rogue one was great but they really can go anywhere now like mm-hmm. just proving that that they can explain obviously that was like a tiny little thing no one ever really needed to know about the people who got the plans to the death star but yeah. it made a great story and totally. I mean, we yeah. know as star wars fans there's so much other material out there from the novels and the action yeah. figures video games the lunch boxes whatever yeah. <laughs> you know you could do a whole movie about hammerhead and yeah. it's like yeah. momon aiden gets lunch <laughs> at the cantina <laughs> what happens next yeah you wanted to know what he was there doing there that day <laughs> now you know and all those guys who made the toy back in the days yeah like, yeah now finally yeah. hammerhead hammerhead just went for lunch but he got a lot more than he bargained for <laughs> yeah like everyone in the cantina i want to know their story yeah yeah Don't like what's what's, what, what's the cantina's band's other gigs are they yeah. just always <laughs> exclusive let's do a series about them <laughs> yeah. follow them on tour I'd love to see yeah. the tour, the Tatooine tour. Yeah, they have of an, the all, all, an almost famous yeah. Cantina band movie. <laughs> <laughs> They're just driving in a, a land speeder, listening to Tiny Dancer. Oh man, <laughs> perfect! <laughs> yeah, it, it'll happen. Mm-hmm. It'll be another Star Wars yeah. story. Yeah, another, another Star, Star Wars, Wars story. story. I was. Uh, it was weird 
with the main theme. I wasn't a big fan of the main theme of Rogue One. I think and Michael Giacchino did it, right? Yeah. For Lost. And uh, like I, I, uh, the melody didn't ma- I didn't feel anything in the way that I felt for like the other uh, uh, themes. And uh, and I think it's also weird to s- if you're gonna write a new melody. Don't start with the same interval <laughs> of sure. the the last melody. So the so you know you get the first bit of the original melody and you're expecting it, and then it, and then they're like, "Ooh, now we're going this way," and you're like, "Oh, you're kind of going uh, like a way that I imagine John Williams tried out when he was writing the first melody on the keyboard and was like, "No, oh, that doesn't sound right." <laughs> I love your perspective on this, like as a musician, like yeah. getting that's an interesting side of things. Because yeah. yeah, I actually found the score kind of forgettable. Totally. I didn't mind it. Yeah. But it certainly like Force Awakens blew me away on every level. Totally, yeah. We'll talk at length about that film. Mm-hmm. And I read an interview with John Williams and he had said that he didn't want anyone else doing Ray's theme. So mm-hmm. he was going to be involved in you know, episode eight, nine as yeah. well. Like he's on board for those, but he's not going to be doing, to my knowledge, I don't mm. think he's doing like the Han Solo movie right. or if they do whoever else is next, Boba Fett or yeah. Yoda oh my God. or Hammerhead. If, if, if Boba Fett had a movie. <laughs> yeah. So he said he wanted just, he wanted to be the only person to work with Ray's theme. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really think about it, but then I was like, oh yeah. So the next time I watched Force Awakens and Ray's theme is amazing. Mm-hmm. And it actually, it almost has hints of Luke, right? Right. Yeah. So, and I don't know if that is, accidental uh, or implied right. or it, how is she related to Luke yeah. is it just the Jedi I mean do yeah. you think she's his daughter what? yeah I, I'm hoping that she's not because I don't want there to be some sort of the the Star Wars universe have to keep being about like people being blood, related bloodlines and stuff yeah. yeah but I mean I'm I'm not gonna be like no <laughs> I'm not gonna say no like at the end of uh, oh yeah, uh, Sith. Was uh, the Revenge of the third Sith. Revenge oh my the gosh! Sith. But you really like you know your movies. Oh yeah, I like, I like movies. And yeah. I know like uh, it's it right the video. Mm-hmm. I love that video. And yeah, thanks. Like, if people listening haven't seen Rich's video for it, there are so many movies referenced in that. Yeah, yeah. You got Die Hard. You got Forrest Gump. Got uh, Taxi Driver. Taxi Driver. Ghostbusters. Um, Ghostbusters. Um, Top Gun. Actually, right? we had we had the first Ghostbusters with female Ghostbusters. That's Cheryl. Cheryl. Play. Yeah, from Picnic <laughs> yeah. Face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, That's but, such uh, a great video. How long yeah, did that take to shoot? We actually the crazy thing about that video is it is we did it in three days we we got a lot of really good location scouting like like that bridge shot from uh forrest gump like if you take the still from forrest gump in the video like it's pretty crazy how how good it like compares to it yeah the setting for um princess bride stuff was uh was really great who is the guy you got he he, he looked kind of like what's his name uh, yeah yeah he used to work uh down at um the shoe shop yeah and and he's at uh timber lounge now yeah, they but your co- the costumes and Noah yeah. Noah Pink directed that, right? Yeah, yeah. and it was because Levangi and mm-hmm. Mark were involved with that. And what were the producers? Yeah, 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 yeah. And Levangi's in it, right? He's in. Uh, oh yeah, he's in oh, Di- we he's had it. We the, pretty much everyone. Alan Rickman. Yeah, in the Di- ever, yes. everyone, everyone did 
double duty uh, on that video. And like Jason's so great. Like those guys are the yeah. best. Well, they for listeners paying attention, uh, they did Rhyme O'Clock and Croc Monsieur videos. Mm-hmm. I had the honor Croc of working Monsieur with them for is that. One of the greatest videos ever made. They are tr- such amazing. Like they're so talented and just so pro at like. We can do all these, and like, if you're on board, we're gonna cram all these shots into like a day or two of shooting. And wow, so three yeah. days to do yeah. to do it. Yeah, it was crazy, and just a lot of like favors and and like you know shooting down at Tribeca and like uh, all uh, friends businesses and bars and stuff Isn't like that. that the best i mean like that's what these things are about it i mean i know every video i've been on it's all like friends helping out favors mm-hmm. like and it just it makes it that much better totally, you yeah. can get a bunch of friends whether they're helping out behind the scenes or being on camera with you or helping yeah. make costumes or doing you know and it's just helping locations lending mm-hmm. whatever like to me those have always been and then they're the best experiences because mm-hmm. at the end of the day you've got this video and like everyone's been a part of it and you can you'll always have that yeah. moment to cherish yeah like you're biking you do now it's all coming back like you're yeah, yeah. the et scene oh yeah that's, that's so great that, that like, scene that was crazy too how much that neighborhood in like fairview looked like california sure, like the yeah. rolling like kind of uh suburb and we shot at uh like in golden hour and we got like that perfect kind of yeah. golden sun like places that uh i'm familiar with around halifax get transformed into like oh yeah that does kind of look it like looks a little different like that yeah. that that movie yeah no and it's like yeah you see a different perspective and croc monsieur you mentioned there's we're running above the there's that little walk the, on the on the pe- the pedway over yeah. uh, hollis street yeah and yeah. it's something that's like you never really would walk through there oh yeah yeah but everyone or knows we it. wouldn't we but, wouldn't yeah we wouldn't yeah but i mean people who, but those people that people you know that did there, did, yeah. did uh very high paid technical jobs work down at yeah at Purdy's for work. the restaurants we just always see it when yeah. you're on the bus or you're walking you yeah. know, to the marquee and you don't yeah. see this thing and then being in there like oh man this yeah. is the coolest thing and people i had a lot of people be like oh i'd never actually been through that walk yeah yeah. And but that's it's so great when you can capture that. And I mean the song, like it is just a beautiful. It's an amazing song. Thanks. Like yeah. I, you know, I'm, I love your music. Thanks. And just having a video Likewise. that really heightens. Thanks. It's like heightening. You know, you're really taking it to the next level, and it captured mm. it so perfectly. And the emotion mm. and your performance yeah. in it is just like bang on. It's yeah, just it a was great. Fun. Like it, by the end of the shoot, I was starting to think about how it would be amazing if there was a. Th- theme park you could go to where someone could get the experience that I felt from the three-day shoot of just getting to pretend to be like all these heroes (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, like there's uh, no Indiana Jones in it though no Indiana Jones the the Indiana Jones we we thought was going to be too hard to pull off um, Not we, at Point Pleasant Park. <laughs> yeah, we we yeah, like we we went back and forth on Indiana Jones. Uh, Noah isn't as much of a Star Wars fan as I am, <laughs> so he straight up like when I was like, we got to do Star Wars. He's like, we're not doing Star. Wars. And you know what? It's kind of good because that's those two properties are done a lot, right? Yeah, yeah. So you so, did tackle some other stuff. Though you know what's funny? After he was like, we're not doing Star Wars, then uh, a link got passed around that I'm sure you saw where they were like the set to um Tatooine is still in the in the desert uh in Tunisia and so he was like why don't we go there and and then we'll do a Star Wars only thing and I was like oh that's that's that ever happens you better (laughs) you better call me man yeah (laughs) that's Um, awesome but yeah the, the 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 video was really fun like and and so that kind of also just I think 
made me go down the path of like then for the next video uh doing the same a similar thing but all being like um a brian wilson brian uh, a like mini biopic yeah. <laughs> in a song right you get um do like makeup and stuff don't you dress oh yeah, yeah like yeah, we go we get full... we do like brian from like 23 to to like current age yeah that's a great and, video too, yeah man. and then and then after that with like jason eisner doing um uh the want to believe video and right that one started to diverge away from like just doing things we had already seen and and then we like developed like you know a a, a light kind of story that was kind of a mix between um me being like a, a fox Mulder sort of paranormal investigator character uh who's kind of washed up and doesn't really kind of want to like keep doing it and then and then these like kids that are essentially like the goonies kind of getting him into like going on paranormal adventures again and this is before stranger things of and it, yeah. it's, it's crazy we so we made the video and then the when stranger things came out last summer jason and i immediately like were sending like things back and forth to one another being like this is cra- like crazy that we obviously like both our video and and stranger things were picking things from the same like palette of references and so there's like a lot of things like look so so similar. Um, well, yeah, that aesthetic that was just yeah. established in those '80s films, and it's actually interesting because J- uh, Jason then, like after the video and before Stranger Things, started pitching the video basically as a um, as a thing to like turn into a show. So so it'll be interesting to see whether they do it based on Stranger Things. Uh, popularity and like be like oh let's have a few shows like this or if they were like no there's already stranger things uh you missed your window so you would turn it you were gonna do a show yeah you playing oh i know i i think they would replace me with a a professional actor you've got you've done some (laughs) acting though other than being too tall for Harrison Ford I know yeah (laughs) yeah you do a movie a couple years ago uh yeah I've done I've done some small parts in Friends movies and I've done a, a bunch of like shorts, yeah. like uh, uh, out east and stuff. Well, yeah, you got the chops, you know. You see in the in yeah, the well, I I got, got those I, chops. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, not to, like I think they want to do it like on a real deal level yeah. and stuff. So uh, like, and Jason's career is just taking off. Like, yeah. like it's amazing watching all all that's happened since like Hobo with the shotgun to to now. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, it and Brian Wilson were mm-hmm. on your that was your first full length album, mm-hmm. though, right? Yeah, and you've got you're working on a new one though, right? Yeah, and yeah. you've been working because you work with a bunch of people. I know we work with mm-hmm. uh, like Peter Chapman, mm-hmm. yeah, aka Coins, yeah. who's had a whirlwind uh, couple months. It's it's been amazing. I love well, Peter's great, and I I love seeing any friend have success. But he's also got a an, a very interesting success to learn from, which is that my. My brother is uh, who is also uh, a musician uh, and in the industry has always described like as long as you are still like in the game, you've got your your like lottery ticket like in in the mix, and and things don't always like um, uh, take off like right when you release them. You like you know you put it out and you're like the next day you're like all right is my world famous <laughs> like <laughs> like it's like no uh, sometimes it can take a long while 
hopefully it happens in your lifetime so that you get to uh, see it. Uh, I mean, I would even be really happy if, even if you had a kind of like Philip K. Dick sort of thing where like only in the last part of his like life did he be like, oh, people, are, they're going to start turning my thing, my books into movies. He's like, cool. <laughs> um, and so, and so with, with, um, Beastie Boys and Daft Punk uh, mashup, like he sent that to me and released it like two, two years, years ago. ago. Yeah. yeah, and I and I saw, it's interesting that uh, uh, like I saw it in my like when I was like searching through my um, Gmail the other day and like and I was like oh yeah like it's so cool that anything we make has the potential to be used in something that gives it a new life at, at any point like. Uh, it's like the seeds are out there and like a, a, a director could hear any song that you've made and suddenly be like, you know what? I want this song in this part of my movie. And then suddenly it's like the perfect spot for people to like really connect with the song. And then suddenly it's like a song you released, you know, eight years ago and it becomes like a, a, a thing. And like, absolutely. And that's a great, it's just so true. It's such a great metaphor. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I've always felt that way too. Like there are songs I've made from albums like two or three albums ago that mm-hmm. I never made a video for and I always wanted to. Yeah. And I would if like the time if the stars align, yeah. I would love to go back and make a video for a certain song and yeah. I will and cuz there's no there's mm-hmm. no real time limit in that regard, right? If you totally. if it was a good song to you and you had a good idea mm-hmm. 5 10 years ago, why and maybe nobody heard it or it just didn't get it wasn't that moment in time for yeah. it. Why not bring it up now? But yeah, with Coins success, he's actually going to be on the podcast soon. Nice. As well, I I see the guy like, you know, weekly, he's yeah. the best. Mm-hmm. Um anyways, yeah, so it's it's so cool that that's whole story of yeah, you know, 2 years later. Yeah, a, it's a Reddit a random Reddit yeah. post and then Something. the internet, it just broke the internet. Yeah. Something's like GQ uh, posts and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. got free socks out of it. It's yeah. actually really funny. Yeah, but so, so cool. you've worked with him, mm-hmm. and uh, you work with tons of different people. Oh yeah, like every every record. I mean, the first record had about three hundred friends and a couple choirs on. So it was like five hundred people on How the first record. How do you get three hundred people on an album? I just spent a full year working on it, traveling around the country, and and recording like. Uh, people in studios with my like mbox uh and really just taking the time to like amass as many people as possible so like the poster on the inside of it when you open it up is just like a like a passport photo of each person uh like in alphabetical order and was that a thing that you just thought i want to incorporate as many different people as i can like you were really i always like to do the uh, pick one thing and do it the opposite on the next thing I do so so I'm picking different things each time so I'm not like just going back and forth so so one of the so the first EP I did uh the the one of the kind of intentions was to do it entirely by myself and then one of the things I picked for the second with the first full length I guess um and second thing I made was to do it with as many people as possible instead of by myself and then that led me to like really getting into like collaborating and 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 what you can learn from that and so and so a lot of my so a, a lot of my uh music since then is always getting people to do like whenever I'm at a live show I'm always like both enjoying it but then also like looking around at like I wonder 
if if like this guitarist could play like this thing on this song and like and then like ask them later if like they could come over and do that sort of thing that's awesome because then you get inspired and you know what the <clears throat> you know you just you can hear that sound and yeah. it's going back to your sort of your musical knowledge and, and yeah. bass now when was the bike tour you did the bike that... tour is uh 2007 so wow 10, ten, ten years, years ago up. yeah wow and you biked yeah. all across canada i did yeah yeah, did uh, 40 shows, spent like three months going uh, coast to coast. I've been meaning for a while to go, I want to do two more. Uh, the sequel will be America, uh, and then the the Return of the Jedi will be Europe. Are you serious? You're going to bike across America? Yeah, I want to do America and then Europe. Uh, America hasn't happened yet because... The visa thing alone. Well, be- the, the visa, I, I've had a U.S. booking agent for you know, eight years now. So uh, the difficulty is that I, I've kind of, I didn't want to do it the same way I did. Like Canada was like, a, I, I, I had only played a handful of shows in Halifax. And then I was like, all right, first show, the first tour, Victoria. And I like flew out to Victoria, didn't know anything about biking, bought a bike. Well, you my, didn't, you yeah. were, you planned a, I didn't know that. I, I thought, yeah. I was like, oh, he's a really avid No, no, I'd, I'd bike to like, I don't, I'd never even biked across the bridge, I think, to Dartmouth. Like, I think the first time I biked on the McDonald was coming back from Victoria. And what were, like, I think what? I, I went to, I definitely biked out to Chocolate Lake, but as anyone <laughs> listening to this in Halifax knows, that's like mostly just downhill. <laughs> And then a little bit of uphill. I oh, I bike. I biked out to York Rideau. That's that was that's my a, furthest. That's a, that's a bit of a bike yeah, hike and, for sure. And I think the York Rideau bike made me be like, well, that was fine. That was easy. I wasn't like huffing and puffing. I'm like, I can, I can do the Rockies. <laughs> wow. So what? When did it hit you that you were like, whoa, maybe I can't? Like, how many hours the, a day did first, you want? The first mountain. I was like, this is so so naive of me to just assume that I could bike this the first mountain was not unlike any other biking i'd ever done because it was it was literally uphill for six hours um and oh uh God. and so i took many many breaks where i would just like bike until I, I i could like lowest gear just crawling at like five kilometers an hour did you have someone with you no you? just just by myself yeah so you just had some water or something or i i had your two, inbox two yeah two things of water i didn't actually have my inbox uh, i had a projector because i was like doing all the shows synced up to how projector. the grinch <laughs> yeah because the, the show was like synced up to how the Dr- grinch i don't like carrying Christmas. a projector on the bus someday yeah. <laughs> biking through the rockies <laughs> yeah so i had a projector i had my laptop i had a glockenspiel my trumpet uh, keyboard, the keyboard, the microcorg was like one of the bigger things. A Grinch costume probably didn't need the Grinch costume. What? I had no idea. Like, dude. So, um, and you had shows you had to make as yeah, well. So yeah. You had to. You had to bike. I had there. to. Yeah, yeah. That and then definitely, you performed that night. Like, yeah. Well, I timed. I I met with someone who, even though I didn't know much about biking, uh, this woman named Don Shepard had biked across Canada and she convinced me that I was going to be able to do it. And so she gave me like a very, very detailed, like we went through the map of Canada and just like go here, here, here. And, and I made a route and then I started booking the tour. The booking of the tour was super hard because, you know, as anyone who tries to like book their own shows at first realizes like how 
hard it is to get uh, a show somewhere where like where they just don't know who you are and, yeah. and like don't trust that it's gonna be good or, or and or bring in money of people that yeah, will booking buy booze and, and, and keep sure. their lives afloat yeah so it kind of was very organic in that I had played across Canada in the Hylozoist in my brother's band so I had some connections of like where to start the show so I got shows through friends in like Victoria and Vancouver and I was like I'm just gonna go and uh it's gonna work out and I went out and so the beginning was really crazy because I'd bike all day and then I would just be on for like the little bit of free time I had I would just be on the email trying to convince someone to uh book me uh and uh and then would link like the press that I got so far being like I'm sure by the time I get to Toronto I'll I'll like wow. be able to bring some people out to a show yeah I mean I know just from booking shows for yeah. myself or doing little tours here and there like adding in the fact that you were then biking yeah and you hadn't bike that yeah much. yeah so like, i was i was wow. i was exhausted every, every night uh so i would bike i'd bike for the week and then i'd try and arrive the day before to where i was playing the show so the day of the show i would have off and uh and just get ready for the show sort of thing yeah well it worked out yeah you made it home yeah it was you great made more yeah music, and, and, and it was, it was cool like i mean i started the show radio three was really good to me like they yeah, I remember all them. They, yeah. yeah, they they really like uh, Grant Lawrence was like like uh, constantly being like, and he's still out there biking. If you're in Montreal, if you want to help awesome. out with the show, yeah. and so yeah. people, yeah, like people contacted me along the way, and like uh, when I came through Toronto, I played uh, at Sneaky D's on a um, on a wavelength night, and it was like with uh, like B. A. Johnson and stuff, and and Brent Randall, and like. It was like a bit of like a homecoming. Like when I got to Toronto and when I saw, oh, tie it back in. <laughs> I listened to the Indiana Jones soundtrack a lot when I was biking. Of course. Uh, for motivation. <laughs> and when I was biking, the morning I biked from Barrie to downtown to Toronto, the, the moment that I crested the hill where you can see the CN Tower in the distance for the first time coincidentally lined up with the first moment that the fanfare <laughs> of the Indiana Jones thing happened and it was just like this this feels so great. Dun, dun, yeah. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yeah. And you're gonna you wanna do it again in the States. And I wanna do it again. So I wanna do it again in the States, but I, I didn't um I didn't wanna I might have to if if things don't pick up in the states but i didn't want to do the same way like where no one knew who i was and i and i had to like really kind of hustle to kind of like get shows and stuff like i was hoping that one of my booking agents uh was going to help me book it and actually my last booking agent like freaked out at the idea and and we like it kind of maybe ended our I, I mean, he also left the. I'm 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 open again in the states, so I need to find a new booking agent. But he left. The, I'm open too. In case <laughs> yeah. If anyone's uh, interested. <laughs> yeah. Do you, why don't you take both of us? Tough, we'll do you know? we'll do a tour together, and <laughs> we'll it. be easy to I can get down there like once yeah. or twice a year. Yeah. But he left the music industry. But uh, what I was hoping is that I would get a bit more like internet famous, uh, so that. Uh, when I did do it in the States, people would be excited about the idea of of joining me. So instead of 
like me doing it on my own, like I did Canada, uh, we'd be like this kind of group traveling around together and stuff. I haven't really hit a, a success point in the States yet where like that's possible. So I'm, I'm still kind of hoping, hopefully while I'm still young enough too, that like that can happen. Uh, so hope, hopefully in the next uh, record that happens and I can go across yeah. the stage. And 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 each each record is so eclectic too that I think like uh, it's 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 hard. Uh, uh, I and I keep I want to keep making records that kind of try and defy a, a like an easy kind of genre uh, definition to them, um, or have like if someone gives it that, be like have a track that that really doesn't fit that thing. So. <laughs> like the, uh, this is the theme song to Fireball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, like, so there's always like, you know, more symphonic songs on the record and then there's like very like aggressive synth uh, dance songs and some of it uh, gets like called indie rock uh, uh, while I, I get mostly other people to play guitar and, and, and stuff. Uh, most of usually like there's only like a couple guitar songs per uh record and then and then the others uh are, are more like uh, keyboard based and how do you find like i mean everyone always like halifax is kind of up and with the music scene mm-hmm. it's always tough sometimes there's no venues sometimes there's like okay we got a lot going on but yeah. what do you think right now the halifax scene how are things looking uh they're looking really we were in a up and down period and it's interesting this will be the the fourth scene that i've like seen kind of like rise and fall and we're now coming into a new era that like the show that I was at, it was like the um, Loveland uh, CD release, and it was um, the um, uh, the busiest Seahorse show I've seen there to date. That wasn't a DJ. Nice. Name. Who was on? Yeah. Who was on the bill? Uh, Loveland and uh, Fake Buildings, who are uh, if you ever saw York or Dote or uh, Long Long Long, uh, Caleb's new prop project is uh, called fake buildings it's a ama- it's really amazing what are your earliest memories of halifax music oh the first Do you remember oh, cafe Olay shows did you ever get to I, those i was too was young it, for it the closed, cafe right? yeah yeah but that being said i did go to a show during that era my parents signed me into the kyber to see a show that my brother's band holden wheeling was playing when i was like i went when i was 11 which is crazy to think back in those days that That's pretty sweet. that you could go to the bar if your parents <laughs> signed, signed you in. It's like, okay. It's his parents signed yeah, him in. Like that, <laughs> such a different era. Like that's so crazy. That yeah, you know, nineteen ninety-two. I seem to remember going to places with my parents. Where now I feel like if I went to a place like that, there would be no kids around. Oh like, yeah. Even just maybe it's more because everybody smoked everywhere. Yeah. I went to a show in Toronto too when I was uh, thirteen with my parents as well to see my brother play. I guess they figure when you're 11 or 12, it's like, all right, Robin's yeah. mom's here. It's probably yeah. not going to be. Yeah. But it's alcohol. like, it's like that. I love, it would be amazing if that logic is so makes so much sense. But yeah. yet, but yet the like liquor inspector would be like, I don't adhere Can't to that same. <laughs> yeah. Logic. I mean, I get kids emailing me all the time saying 
can I come to your show? Is it 19? Is it, or yeah. is it 19 plus? I'm like, well, honestly, like, there's probably not going to be a bouncer there. Yeah, like, yeah. But well, you don't okay, want to so do that whole thing, right? So after <laughs> that, those early experiences, after that era, a friend got me a fake ID when I was 17 so that I could go see uh, Buck 65 at the Marquee open up for what was Kid Koala's band called again? Um, Bullfrog. Yeah, Bullfrog was the band. So uh, Buck 65 opening for Bullfrog. And so, yeah, so I got a fake ID at 17. Uh, Halifax, this was pre-needing two pieces of ID for bars. Like, it was pretty lax. And um, the ID I had was so like it was kind of McLovin bad <laughs> that that it made every person who looked at it, looked at it like laugh so hard that they just gave it back to me and they were like go in like they either bought it because they weren't looking at it that hard and and, and I think this was another era where like the it, it's it's way stricter now than than it was then um or they like laughed at it and were like well there's no sweat off my back because he does have an ID, but it's as silly as McLovin because the the guy I took to do it rolled his eyes back like this during the photo, and it was like such an insane look that I was like, "What are you doing?" And then it proved out to be the like the best thing for it because it like made so many uh, doormen and bouncers like happy about about seeing it. That's and yeah, so I went to the marquee for that show, and then and then the floodgates just opened. I, I went to like a show every week uh, that that summer, uh, and then every summer uh, afterwards until I was nineteen, and then and then continuing on. Favorite show um, and favorite venue in, of of a time uh, of in, in, in Halifax. like Halifax. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I've always really liked the marquee. I think seeing Feist there uh, in two thousand six was really formative. Also, the broken social scene shows uh, with the stars. It was like Broken Social Scene and the Stars and Winter Sleep opening. That's like, every, like yeah. That's that was a pretty crazy show. And then also seeing Owen Pallet at uh, St. Matthew's Church. That made me want to do, like, I did the first two album releases at St. Matthew's. Yeah, there because, were a lot of good be- shows there Because for of a that while. show. Oh, they still use... They're still doing shows? Yeah. Oh, they still do great shows there. It's such a... Like, the people that run the shows are are just such wonderful people and uh, it, yeah it's, it's a wonderful place to see music yeah and then like and then as like things moved along like like the monotonic show at Gus's was was crazy a lot of my like favorite shows I think have been um during like pop explosion but yeah it's it's interesting to try and like go through them at a question like that if you don't have like re- ready go-tos I'm sure I'm forgetting a bunch uh I, I really like uh those like first shows when you're like playing with your friends and and i always try and whenever i'm like talking to like younger bands i'm like really make sure you enjoy those moments and be like as present as possible because you'll never have that again because uh, as you go on the more successful you are in the like as you as you get older like the less you're like immediate group of friends can come to your show so like those moments when you're like in your early 20s you never forget those shows mm-hmm. so what's next you're working on a new album so now? working on the record yeah it's due in a couple months so um just getting down to the the end i've got about five songs done now this is the first time i took some time off for the first time last year so it's the first time 
I have like B-sides and like extra songs. Uh, usually I've just made the songs that I, I'm going to work on and then and then f- uh, release them sort of thing. But now I've got uh, to like figure out what's going to fit. And it's it's been a weird way of working on the record because I always write my records to sync up to movies. So uh, Every record syncs up oh, to yeah, a movie? Yeah. So I didn't first, know that. So, so the, e- the EP syncs up to How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Uh, Ephemeral there syncs to... Um, the the 1979 claymation uh, version of uh, Le Petit Prince, oh. and uh, and so thematically they all like it links up the same way. Uh, in addition to me actually like saying lyrics that coincide with what's happening on the screen, um, and then there's also like percussive things like when like uh, you see like something you know move up or down on the screen, like pitches will go up and down and stuff like that. So yeah, so that syncs like that. Uh, We're all dying to live because I got a cease and desist from Dr. Seuss Enterprises <laughs> LP uh, while on the bike tour. Wow. Um, the I decided to make that record sync up to a bunch of movies from the public domain. It syncs up to like, and that's kind of like what why it uh, the video is like a bunch of not only is it movies that you know were movies we enjoyed um, growing up, but the 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 two that are in the video that were also or, or the record was written to sync up to were uh, it's a wonderful life and night of the living dead so um both of those are uh, in the public domain and uh the next this record syncs up to um the 1956 version of Alice in Wonderland oh, okay. um but, Wait, uh, is that animated? Yeah, the the classic that the Disney, even, Disney that's one, the yeah. one. Okay, yeah, that was 1956. Yeah, wow. it's pretty amazing. the The animation is beautiful, and this is the first one on the, that I'm actually like cutting up. Like, I didn't touch the Grinch or the Little Prince, but with this one, I didn't want to make like an hour and twenty minute record, so I wanted to make a forty minute record. So I actually like cut scenes out of Alice in Wonderland. And then, and then, kind of augmented the story. Like I, I took out the whole third act of Queen of Hearts, so that it, it's kind of like a slightly different narrative that will be kind of told through the s- songs on the record. And that's, I mean, that's hard to do too when you're syncing it up. Yeah. Like, so you got to time it out and everything. So while I'm saying, so the B sides, it's interesting. So the the songs, I'm not going to be able to just pick the best ten songs on for the record and like discard the other ones because they're all written specifically to different sections of the movie so there's like the first song i think we're going to release uh that one has definitely earned the space of eight minutes to you know 13.5 minutes into the movie so you're putting a, you're putting a lot of thought into this oh yeah yeah, yeah. there's there's a lot of every a lot of scribbled notes every note is yeah. accounted for yeah and uh, yeah, I mean, people can catch you. You'll be doing tours yeah, around sure I'll, the I'll country start, and uh, touring again in uh, in the summer. Cool. And you've got your website is uh, richocoin.ca. I That's couldn't get easy. I couldn't get richocoin.com despite requesting the richocoin.com numerous times that I would pay for richocoin.org for him. I thought I made him a pretty generous offer. What's he doing with the name? <laughs> What's he doing with the name? Not, it, not go, you. go to richocoin.com. I don't want to spoil <laughs> the amazing website that is richocoin.com. Okay, and then go to richocoin.ca. And then go to richocoin.ca. Yeah. Uh, arguably, richocoin.com is a better website than <laughs> richocoin.ca. Uh, well, you got better music. <laughs> yeah. 
That I, yeah. I haven't even seen his site, but I can I can guarantee you got better music. Yeah. Cool. Well, this has been amazing. Yeah. All Thanks right. So much.